This is for all those who love his appearing. I am your host, Emily Tomko, a mom to two children, Bible teacher, and intercessor. I long to see people pulled out of the miry clay of this world and walking in the truth. Welcome to today's program. Did you ever hear a message so compelling that you had to listen to it a second time? Well, that was my experience as I heard a doctor share her story of physical healing as she was on her deathbed with all kinds of severe infirmities in her body. And she shared how she had this incredible journey back to health. That doctor was Sina McCullough, that is S-I-N-A. And her degrees are in neurobiology, physiology, and nutrition science. What I found so fascinating about her story was how medicine is testifying what God's word has already told us, that life and death lie in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit, according to Proverbs 18.21. So science is catching up with what the Bible has said for thousands of years on the impact of words and beliefs on the physical body. Citing different studies, Dr. McCullough observed that a person's beliefs actually affect their biochemistry. She pointed out that we tend to forget that the brain is an organ as well, and it sends messages to the rest of the body. You know, I have been blessed all my life with good health, and yet I have always been very reticent to go even for a routine checkup because I don't want to hear any words spoken over me that are not life-giving. I'm a sensitive person, and I know I would have a tendency to come into agreement with any negative prognosis, and that it would just start taking on a life of its own, even if it was just something relatively small. And again, science speaks of this. Studies were done that show leptin, a hormone, changes in response to what you hear. Dr. McCullough cited a study in which two subject groups had their leptin levels tested. The one group was told that they had a gene that protected them from getting fat. And the other group was told that they did not have this gene. And when they followed up later with the subjects, their bodies had responded according to what they'd been told. And here's the kicker. What the test groups had been told wasn't even true, but their bodies manifested what they had been told about having the fat gene or not having it. I was saying to a friend, why is it so difficult to come into agreement with the word of God and who he is and what he says about us all throughout scripture as healer, as giver of life, that he came to destroy the works of the devil, including sickness, that he is not a respecter of persons, meaning he doesn't play favorites. And if he healed one person, he surely will heal you, that he is able to do infinitely more than we could ask or imagine according to the power at work in us. That Jesus Christ, who never turned away anyone who asked for healing, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in us. That he heals all our diseases. That his name is healer. It's his nature to heal. That he longs to be gracious to us. Why is it so difficult to come into agreement with those infinite promises out of the mouth of our Creator? and so easy to start believing a negative or less-than-life-giving observation. We must always go back to the Word of God, I am convinced. With any diagnosis, any kind of report spoken over us, 
I sense the Holy Spirit just telling me again and again in the face of reality that my reality is higher. My word is higher. My name and my nature and my spirit are higher than anything the natural realm suggests. My will and the whole reason I came was to bring life and life more abundantly according to John 10.10. In all of the healing we expect, my prayer is that God receives the glory. In the highest glory I have seen the Lord receive the glory that paves the way for a deeper belief and a deeper level of worship and a deeper surrender to him is when people are dramatically healed in such a way that even doctors must acquiesce they have no answers. Only God the Father could have done it. A man in our church is in behavioral medicine, and he got permission to share this story. There was a woman he was counseling who was expecting, and she went for her ultrasound only to be told that the baby had multiple things wrong with it. And she was given the grim news that her baby was not growing. In fact, that it was terminal. And she was devastated. So she went home and she asked her father, who was a self-proclaimed atheist, to pray for the baby. And her dad said, okay, I'll pray. So she returned for another ultrasound and the doctor came in and said, you have a normal functioning baby. We can't account for it. The baby came out perfect when it was born. And this woman's atheist father is now a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 36, that we will be judged for every idle word that we speak. Talk about a thought to stop you in your tracks. The word for idle in the Greek here means every word that does not build up. So every word that does not bring the kingdom of heaven to a situation, every word that does not produce faith, we will have to give an account for. So in effect, it is sinful to start identifying or speaking a disease over your life or someone else's life. You don't want to say my diabetes or my rheumatoid arthritis. It's not yours. It's not God's report over you. It's something from the enemy's kingdom, and it has no place in your life, according to the word of God. A friend of ours had uh, a four-year-old granddaughter who had failed her hearing test in one ear, and the parents of the little girl were devastated. And their church started praying for them. And someone in the church sensed the Lord saying that the parents should whisper the word Ephrata, just like Jesus did over the deaf man in Mark 7.34. The word Ephrata means open up. And so the mother would do this every night at bedtime in the daughter's ear until one evening the daughter repeated back the word Ephrata. That ear was open. That little girl now hears. You know, I'm amazed as I read through the scriptures how delighted Jesus became at simple childlike faith wherever he encountered it. And by contrast, how grieved he was, even outraged by the lack of faith. It says that he could not do many miracles in his hometown of Nazareth because they had no faith. They saw Jesus as common because he had grown up there. And scripture says he marveled at their unbelief. Another time, the disciples were brought a boy who suffered from seizures and the father said to Jesus, I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. And the reaction of Jesus in this passage is absolutely astonishing. He says, oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, 
How long must I remain with you? Bring the boy here to me. I have been deeply convicted that here in the West, we put far more faith in human beings than we do in God. We put more faith in prognoses and diagnoses and the word of man and the will of man than we do over the Lord's opinion and the Lord's death on the cross and what it accomplished. And I am convicted that we see problems as larger than our Savior if we're going to be honest with ourselves. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.14 that the natural man does not comprehend the things of the Spirit, that they are foolishness to him. I fear that practically speaking, too often we act and react as natural, not spiritual individuals. Yet scripture says that the spirit realm, the unseen, is more real than the natural realm because what we see with our eyes is passing away, but what is unseen lasts forever, according to 2 Corinthians 4.18. We really live such impoverished and shallow lives. The great healing evangelist Smith Wigglesworth said of the Bible, this blessed book brings such life and health and peace and such an abundance that we should never be poor anymore. This book is my heavenly bank. I find everything I want in it. I want to show you how rich you may be, that in everything you can be enriched in Christ Jesus. I encourage you today to use the Bible as your heavenly bank account. Meditate on the word, ruminate on passages of scripture, speak them out loud over your physical body. You can find audio files, healing scriptures, and just play them as you go about your work, your commute, your errands, your chores. I'm reminded, even as I say this, of another story of a boy who had a learning disorder and couldn't read. And his father had the Bible on cassette and would play it for him over and over. And the boy's reading capacity improved and comprehension came to him and the joy of learning was restored to him. And this boy ended up graduating valedictorian of his class. God said through the prophet Isaiah, my word that proceeds from my mouth will not return to me empty but it will accomplish what I please and it will prosper where I send it. Blessings on you today, dear friend. Is your life marked by fear or by faith? When we catch a glimpse in our spirits of the mightiness of the God we serve and when we allow his words to penetrate our hearts, doors suddenly open where there seemed only to be walls. The prospect of bad news no longer intimidates us. We eagerly anticipate the days ahead. The mundane in life suddenly becomes an adventure. In my book, Leaving the Shallows, Igniting the Faith that Overcomes the World, 40 Meditations on Teaching and Testimony will encourage your heart and boost your faith to see His kingdom come in your own life. Check out Leaving the Shallows, Igniting the Faith that Overcomes the World, available on Amazon, or for more information, go to www.emilytomco.com.